Jesus House in Pursuit of God Discovering Purpose Maximizing Potential Impacting Lives This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London God bless you God, we come before you and we just want to say thank you. We thank you, Father Almighty God, for allowing us to gather once more. We pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit takes absolute control. We pray that as he teaches your word, as he instructs us, as he opens the word to us, Father, transformation will take place. That our hearts, our souls, and our minds will be different. Change to be like you, Father Almighty God, once you are done. Father, we specially remember everybody who is joining this particular meeting or listening to us by podcast. Father Almighty God, we ask, O oh Lord, that you bless them. Those who are joining from other countries in the United Kingdom, we ask you to bless them and where they are. And Father Almighty God, we thank you. We thank you for each and every person. We pray, my Father, for strength. We pray, my Father, for revelation and insight. Holy Spirit, take absolute control. In Jesus' most holy name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, um, tonight as we, we've brought to an end our journey, um, it was quite convenient. We brought it to an end last week of our journey of new wine, new wineskins, and I pray that you enjoyed it. Um, if you do have any questions regarding that, please put them into the chat. If we can't answer them today, we will definitely answer them um, in subsequent events, but we're there. Hopefully we can discuss that going forward. So you are there so we, we can help each one of us to learn. Um, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, as we begin to prepare, um, our preparation really begins for our journey into God that's starting on the 1st of November and we're, we are fasting. Um, we at Jesus House are fasting. If you're, um, if you're logging in from wherever you are in the world, we, we're going to be starting a fast. And our prayer is that that fast will definitely, without a doubt, um, that fast will be pivotal. And so we're going to begin our preparation um, today. And so our scripture for tonight Ladies and gentlemen, and I will read um, Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to start from verse 8, and I will stop at verse 13 for our reading tonight. We, and so Matthew chapter 6, verse 8 to verse 13. And if you're listening by podcast, I will read, um, and so please follow along, especially if you're driving or something along those lines. The Bible says that, and I'm going to, I'm going to read first from the King James Version of the Bible. Um, the Bible says the following. Jesus is speaking about prayer, and, he, and in verse 8, he makes a statement. He says, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before ye ask him um and so ladies and gentlemen jesus is about is in the process of explaining prayer he's speaking on what is regarded as one of the most amazing um sermons ever put together and so as he does so he starts this way and he's speaking about prayer he's speaking about repetition and he says don't be like the heathen that don't come before god with endless repetitions um, as if you're going to batter your way through and the reason that is important is you are coming before a willing father and we're going to come to that in a moment the bible says the following and this is what i want us to start with keep this in mind the Bible says, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. And so I want to make a, what can, is a categorical statement regarding prayer. And it's this, 
when you're coming into the place of prayer, the primary purpose of prayer is not so that your needs are met. That's not the primary purpose. It's one of the things that prayer gets done, but it is not the primary purpose. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to say that before we continue with our reading. I want you to keep that in mind, that the primary purpose of prayer is not so much that your needs are met. And I want you to explain that, that it, God will meet your needs. The Bible says, before you've opened your mouth, God, who is omniscient, that means he is all-knowing, knows exactly what you have need of. And the rest, it will fall into place. But I need you to remember that, ladies and gentlemen, that the primary purpose of prayer is not so that your needs are met. So you are not coming into a place of prayer to beg, plead, cajole, or literally batter down an unwilling God to get your needs met. That's not the reason. And we, you'll understand that as we go on. But I wanted to say that, and I know you must be asking, well, well, then what is the purpose of prayer? And that's what we're going to look at. And the reason we are looking at prayer today is this. Fasting and prayer are never separate. And so for a fast to be successful, prayer must be done. And if it is done properly, the journey of fasting will be really really successful and so ladies and gentlemen i want you to keep that in mind so this is our focus so that is matthew 6 verse 8 but let's read on from 9 and jesus then notice he makes that statement and then he continues and this is what he says after this manner therefore pray ye that means based upon what i have just said pray like this and he says the following our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Verse 13, and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever amen and so ladies and gentlemen as we come into the place of prayer that's our reading for today and what we're going to do is this we've already made one statement and our first statement is the primary purpose of prayer is not to get your needs met and so, ladies and gentlemen, what you begin to realize is that means prayer must have a purpose. It must have a reason. One of those reasons is the meeting of our needs. And we'll, we'll have a look at that. But this is key. It's not the primary reason. And, I'll like, and we'll have a look at that now. So let's break it down. So Jesus says, when you come into the place of prayer, you do not need to batter your way through to a unwilling God to cause him to answer. He said, but if that be true, then pray like this. And this is how Jesus prays. So let's start. Um, I might go a, a little quickly because I, I really would love to get through all of this. Um, the Bible says the following. The Bible then says, our father which art in heaven so where does jesus start so this is the first thing we realize about prayer and this is key jesus says when you come into the place of prayer the primary focus of prayer is relationship that's what we come to god in prayer so jesus says our father so when you come before god and you're saying you're coming before your father let's understand um, what that means god being your father the word father holds within it 
source, the word source, the word creator, the initiator, the, the person who everything else comes from. And the Bible says, our father. That means from where all of us came from, including Jesus Christ. This is the beautiful thing about it. It says, let's go to our father. And so when he says our father, the first thing we must remember about prayer is that the focus of prayer is relationship first, because that is the reason we were created. We were created to fellowship, spend time with, have a relationship with our father. So when we come into the place of prayer, we realize that Jesus says the focus is that come into a place of relationship. And then he makes a statement. He says, our father, which art in heaven. That means the focus of our prayer life is God in heaven. And so let's look at, let's just look at one or two other scriptures as we go through this. Um, and we'll have <laughs> quite a bit of fun as we do so. And I'll make sure that we may not go in as deep as, okay. So let's understand something about God being our father and God being seated in heaven. And I, and I will come to two key things. The first one is this, please turn in your Bible. We are coming, we will always come back to Matthew 6. Please turn in your Bible to Psalms 103, and we are going to read verse 19. Psalm 103, and verse 19. Please, if you do have a question, pop it into the chat. We will try and answer it as we go along, or we'll do it at the end. So I'm going to go quite quickly. The Bible says the following. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens. His kingdom rules over all. So when you're coming into the place of prayer, you are coming to your father. And please remember, that's why Jesus said, our father. This, is, this indicates a personal sincere kind relationship and the bible says your father already knows what your needs are so when you come into his presence you are coming into a place of safety you are coming into a place of refreshing but you are also going to where you started and so just before we take our declaration please remember this about god being your father one of the words that the word father connotes is creator that means the person who has put all his ability resources into planning who you and i are you're going back to that person and you're presenting lord this is where i am this is who i am but i'm coming back to my father because you know why I'm here. And that gives us a great anchor. And that gives us a great base to start knowing that we are not here by accident. Ladies and gentlemen, let's take our declarations. Oh Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves. We pray and seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord forgive our sins and heal our land in jesus's name we pray amen now let's make a declaration we declare our land is healed in the name of jesus amen and amen so ladies and gentlemen please keep it in mind when you come to your father you are coming to the person who created and planned you. We've already said that God's throne is established in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. That means there's nothing you are facing that God in his infinite wisdom cannot handle. There's nothing you're, that you're going to be confronted with.
And the, that's where we start. The second thing you must remember is you are not here by accident. And there is someone who is paying close attention to your journey through life. You have a purpose. That means irrespective of what your circumstances may say, remember, keep this in mind, you are here for something. And that's, that is a great reassurance when you come into the place of prayer. It's like you going, like a car being taken back to the manufacturer. A couple of scriptures come to mind. I might put them in, the, I'll put them into the chat. Um, one of them is, is this one. Um, Jeremiah 1, reading from 4 to 5. Jeremiah 1, reading from 4 to 5. I will read it from the Amplified Bible. And the Bible says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart consecrating you and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations ladies and gentlemen I want you to re realize something you are not alone and you are here for a reason so when you come into the place of prayer Jesus said you are coming back to the person who knows you the best and who loves you so let's keep that in mind so when you start on in the journey of prayer you start in the place of relationship not in the place of performance not in the place of necessity you start in the place of relationship and so that's something that's that's where jesus said we should start so that's the first thing i want you to remember and so please keep that in mind the second thing jesus says about prayer and we're just going to go through um we're just going to go through the stages and at the end it will all make sense the second thing Jesus says in prayer is this. He says, hallowed be thy name. The word hallowed, ladies and gentlemen, means kept holy or kept in integrity, kept pure, accurate. That's what something, when something is hallowed, so it is holy. That means the integrity of that thing is protected and it is defended by either the person or by the laws and principles that the person puts in or around that thing. And so the Bible says, hallowed be thy name. Now pause for a moment. We've spoken about this before and I'll speak about it again. When you come into the place of prayer, the second thing Jesus wants you to remember, first, he wants you to remember you're coming to your father. The second thing he wants you to remember is this, start from a place of certainty not from a place of uncertainty. When you come into the place of prayer, ladies and gentlemen, please understand me, you are coming to a place of certainty. That means what you are about to present to your father, know for a fact that there are elements that you must stand on. That means when you're coming to God, you must accept that he is what he says he is and he can do what he says he can do and he's willing to do it for you let me give you a scripture that backs that up and then we will we'll look at actually two and i'll put them both into the chat for sake of time hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 and john chapter 14 verses 12 to 14. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says the following. The Bible says, the Bible says the following, but without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. I'm reading from the Amplified classic version of the Bible. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. Ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus said of God, hallowed be thy name, that means anything that God has said of himself, 
he said, let it be kept holy. Now, I want you to remember, this is really important. Where God has revealed his name, he has done it so that there is an element of certainty and that you can come to God and trust him because it's already established. And so I want you to keep that in mind. So when you come into the place of prayer, start from a place of certainty. And what are the places of certainty, irrespective of your circumstances? That's why the Bible says, when you come before God, you must believe. This is key. When the Bible says of God that he is, I am Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord God, your healer. He is, and there are many names of God, Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord God, your righteousness. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, our healer. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord God, our shepherd. What I want you to realize is all of those names are wrapped up in one name. All of those attributes of God are wrapped up in one name. And so when you're coming into the place of prayer, the place of certainty that you must come to is this. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 14, reading from 12 to 14. John 14, reading from verses 12 to 14, Jesus says the following, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he will himself be able to do the things that I do. And he will do even greater things than these because I go to the Father and I will do, I myself will grant whatever you ask in my name. Then the Bible says, as presenting all that I am, that is all that God is is wrapped up in Jesus Christ so that the father may be glorified and extolled in and through the son. Verse 14, he says, yes, I will grant. I myself will do for you whatever you shall ask in my name as presenting all that I am. When he says all that I am, that is presenting God's covenant name that he revealed to Moses was, I am that I am. That's who I am. What you need me to be, I am more than that. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize, please hear me well. Before you come into the place of prayer, the Bible says, start from a position of certainty, knowing that if God says this about himself, he will not let you down. And so when you're coming into the place of prayer, he wants you to come with belief in him. And so let me say this carefully. Um, actually, no, no, what? So he wants you to believe in him. So as you come to the place of prayer, you're certain that I'm coming because God, you said this. You said that in the name of Jesus, whatsoever I ask of you, Lord, you will do for me. That means, oh, so that's really key. That's our certainty, that everything that you said of yourself is established for us and made available to us in the name of Jesus. It's really important. So the first step we said when you come into the place of prayer is relationship. The second step when you come into the place of prayer is certainty. Okay, third one. The Bible says, Jesus keeps reading, and so we're now back in Matthew 6, and we're at Matthew 6, verse 10, just in case you've just joined. Matthew 6, verse 10, Jesus says, the next thing in your prayers you want to present to God is, thy kingdom come. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to, to, to remember something. As we come into the place of prayer, let me show you what God has in mind. Remember, this is what he has in mind. Jesus said, you need to pray for God's kingdom to come in any particular area. And I'll give you the impact of that in an example, but let's go to the scriptures first. Turn with me, please, 
to Mark chapter 4, and I will tell you which verse, not the whole verse. Jesus in Mark chapter 4 explains how the kingdom of God functions. So when the Bible says, let your kingdom come, he explains in Mark 4 what that means, that this is how the kingdom of God works. Verse 14 of Mark 4 is our focus. And Jesus says, Mark 4, 14, the primary function of the kingdom of God when it comes is the sower sows the word. That means in any situation you are facing, the defining moment of success or failure is when God sends his word into a situation. And I will, I'll give you a, a, an example. Um, I went out, um, I was out, I was actually, I was on Oxford Street on what day? Saturday. And I had to find somewhere I had not been. So to show you the impact of God's word coming in any situation, I typed into Google and Google popped up a map. I found where I was going. That gave me a starting point and an ending point. So when I came out of the tube station, I acted like I had been where I was going before even though I hadn't been there before. Why? Because I had a sufficient amount of information to take an action to produce the result of arriving where I was going. When God sends you his word on any situation, and so Jesus says, when you come into the place of prayer, the focus is not just for your needs to be He says, start in relationship, then come to certainty, and then he says, find God's word on any situation that you may be facing, because that is the defining point of God's kingdom or ability being transferred from him to you. So all of a sudden, when I came out of the tube station, I acted like a genius because I knew the, 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 I, what I had picked up from Google Maps was when you come out of the station, when you turn right, this road is next. I said, oh, I spotted that so I could keep going. This road is next. This road is next. Okay, on this particular right turn, where you are going is on your right-hand side. I acted like an expert. Listen to me very carefully. When you get God's word on any particular thing, in that particular place, in those particular circumstances, you can function just like your father. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the key things of the place of prayer because it allows God's will, not yours or mine, to come to pass. So the Bible said, Jesus said, when you come into the place of prayer, one thing you need to pray for is, Lord, let your kingdom come. Because when God's word comes into a situation, failure leaves. And this is the scripture I want you to hold on to. Um, Isaiah 55, reading from verse 11. Isaiah 55, verse 11. And let me say this now while, we're just, while I'm just typing this in. Whatsoever you are believing God for, may the word of God, that will make the difference come into your life like never before. Like never before. May it create a season of miracles. The Bible says in Isaiah 55 verse 11, the Bible says the following, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect useless, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So ladies and gentlemen, when the word of God comes into your life, 
concerning any situation. Failure leaves that particular circumstance. Because, and we're going to come to that in a moment. And so Jesus says, before you panic and before you ask for your needs, find God's will concerning what you are bringing. And the process of prayer completely changes. Start in relationship, go to certainty, and then pray for his kingdom that God, whatever I'm going to bring now, send your word. All of a sudden, things will change. And so may it be with you, ladies and gentlemen. I honestly pray that. But let's, let's keep going. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. And this is really important. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, the second part of that says, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, remember the example, the information that I picked up from Google Maps enabled me to take an action to produce a result. When you receive the word of God on any subject, and this is, this is going to be one of the most beautiful things about the fast. As God drops into your heart, the word of God concerning whatever you are going through, you, ladies and gentlemen, will be able to function as God has designed you, and then you will get the same result that God will want to come out of that circumstance. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what does Jesus say? He said, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And let's use one scripture. I would love to take you to a whole load more, but let's go to one. Come with me, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, and Jesus says the following, and we're going to read verse 19. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. And then we'll read one more scripture after that, but let's read Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. And I, I, I want you to keep this in mind. The Bible says, Jesus says the following, after Peter has said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, and Jesus has said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That means based upon who I am, based upon what I am about to do, based upon what God wants this to do, please keep this in mind, Keep this in mind that once you're standing on this rock, the gates of hell will not prevail. Now, Jesus now says, verse 19, remember what he said. He said, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven after God's kingdom has come. Verse 19 of Matthew chapter 16 says the following, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven and whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. Let me say this carefully. Jesus is saying, when the kingdom of God comes, the next thing he wants you to do, notice, he says, now play your part. That means declare God's will the same way God would declare it as if he was standing in your position, confronted with your situation. Now, remember, let, let me take you back a couple of steps. First, for God's kingdom to come, 
the word of God comes into your heart. Jesus says, when the word of God comes into your heart, which you believe, the Bible says, now it's your turn to function. What he says is, then he says, thy will be done in earth as it is where? In heaven. That means when God reveals to you, this is what is established in heaven, meaning this is what my word says. This is what we've won on your behalf. This is what my intention is concerning what you're going through. Your job, ladies and gentlemen, is to believe him and then declare it as if it is God speaking. And now I want you to understand, literally, literally, notice this works in the natural. This works in the natural. Let's go back to the Google example. In the Google example, I now have a map, so I know where I'm going. I didn't know where I was going 10 seconds ago. Imagine somebody taps me on the arm and says, oh, by the way, uh, and this happened to me a few days ago, I was following my satellite navigation system. My, I'm changing the example, ladies and gentlemen. The satellite navigation system was telling me where to go. There was a lady behind me driving in the car. She start, we realized we were going to the same place because we were taking every turn together. But that's not the key. As I was halfway to where I was going, I saw somebody else going to the same place. So I slowed down, wound my window down and says, are you going where I'm going? Oh, God bless you. Thank God you came. The person jumped into my car and then notice I then passed across the information that my satellite navigation system had given to me. I passed it off across to them. How? They sat back and they stopped worrying about where they were going. I kept following the satellite navigation system like I was an expert. We both arrived. That person arrived in style and that person was very grateful to the almighty God. Listen to me very carefully. When you're, it is your turn to function, when you get the promise in between the promise and its performance is your turn to function. So Jesus says, when you grab the promise, now remember, this is important, whether or not the will of God comes to pass in many cases is what you do with your mouth. He says, if you declare on earth what God has said is improper in heaven, what you say will happen on earth. If you declare that what God has loosed in heaven to happen on the earth, it will happen in your life. Now, this is, and I'll prove this to you. I will prove this to you. And so, before I go on to prove it to you, let me answer one question. And Somebody asked that, does this apply to all forms of prayers, including intercessory prayers? When you come into the place of intercession, and this is, I feel this is important before I go on. When you come into the place of intercession, the first prayer you should pray is, God, what do you want to come out of this situation? Before I start battering down the gates of the kingdom of hell. Because when you are now praying what God wants, in any situation, the results are guaranteed. So coming back to our example, ladies and gentlemen, Matthew 16 verse 19 says that Jesus will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. When the kingdom of God has come to you and you have God's word concerning any situation, he wants you to function. What does he want you to do? He wants you to speak the faith you have from your inside out and God will then take over and cause to be performed what God has told you will happen this is really important that little bridge in between the promise and the performance many times is where our prayers our hopes and our aspirations pass away so let's have a look at one scripture and I'm watching the time but let's have a look at one scripture just so you know that <laughs> what I'm saying is true. Romans chapter 10, verse 10. Romans 10, verse 10. I would love to take you to three or four or five 
more scriptures. Romans 10 verse 10. The Bible says, and if let, let me read that from the King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Belief is one half. Confession is the other. And so, ladies and gentlemen, when you are coming to the place of prayer and you are spending time with your father and he reveals to you his will about the needs that you want to bring before him that he already knows, ladies and gentlemen, once you get God's word upon a subject, do your part. Speak it into reality the same way God would say it as if he was standing in your situation. We call that the principle of faith. Jesus said, please write this scripture down. I won't turn there because of time. Just write this scripture down. Mark eleven twenty-two to 24. Jesus said, when you pray like this, the outcome is assured. Yours is to speak it. God's is to do it. And so I want you to keep this in mind. And I really hope this helps someone. I really do. And I'm going to, I really pray that this helps someone. I would love to stay here, but I really can't. Um, I, I can't. So let's move on. So that is thy will be done. Let's go on to the next one. Matthew chapter six, verse 11. Notice where Jesus places the provision of needs. Step number five after you from a place of relationship have functioned as you are designed the bible says give us this day our daily bread and ladies and gentlemen i would love you to please let's keep this in mind god has already made up his mind to provide for your needs because he's let's look at that in simple terms there is nothing that you are going to come to god for that he's not already set to meet the bible says give us this day our daily bread that means whatever i am confronting today my father in you the answer will be found it will be met but let, let me let me put this in context when the bible says give us this day our daily bread i want you to realize that before you arrive there was no need that you have that God has already pre-provided. No need. Not just pre-provided, granted and said, let it happen. Let's put that in context. So remember, the primary purpose of prayer is not so that your needs will be met. And I'll explain why in a moment. Turn in your Bibles, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, reading from verse 20. And let's settle this. And so please, ladies and gentlemen, as you come into the place of prayer, this is what I want you to please keep in mind about the God you serve. And it's this. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him are men unto the glory of God by us. Pause for a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, as you come into the place of prayer, I want you to realize provision is assured. The purpose of prayer, the purpose, the primary purpose of prayer is so that you and I, from a place of relationship, 
as we go through the process, as we begin to get results, the purpose of prayer, I'm going to hold back on that. I'm going to hold back, but let's also understand it is God's intention that if you make a request, he will grant it. He says, all the promises of God are yea, that means yes, and amen means so be it. That means before you come to God, God has already determined to provide what you ask for, and he has done so in Jesus Christ through the promises. That means if there is a promise in the Bible through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you can access that promise and your needs will be met. Ladies and gentlemen, as you come into the place of prayer, realize it's God's determined intention to answer. He created prayer. And so when a prayer is made, it is he who asked you to ask him and he wants to answer it. So please keep that in mind. All the promises of God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has brought us back into relationship with the Father, says what you're asking for is already granted. And may that be the case. May hope come to somebody upon this call. May you be reassured that what you are asking God for has already been granted. What you are asking God for it's already been granted. And this is what I want you to hold on to. Someone under the sound of my voice needs to hear that. That it's already been granted. Who? In our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please keep that in mind. I'm going to go on. Whatever you may face. God has said, I've already said yes. And I've already said, let it be performed. Ladies and gentlemen, as you come into the place of prayer, it is God's determined desire that the outcome will be successful please keep that in mind let's go on so let's go on the next verse is key matthew 6 verse 12 matthew 6 verse 12 the bible says and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Pause for a moment. The Bible, Jesus now says, the next focus is key. You've already asked for your needs. Your needs are met. But then Jesus continues. And this is important. He says, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, ladies and gentlemen, these are not the sins that separate you from God. These are the mistakes that Jesus says, if you make a mistake, come back to me and I will put you back on track. He also says, as you forgive others. Let me put it in context. What does Jesus want to take off your shoulders? The burden of making mistakes. That if you make a mistake, like if I tell you to go left and you go right, and you come back and say, oh God, I really apologize. I, you know, I've made a mistake. What do I do? Very similar to a satellite navigation system. A new route is plotted, even before you ask. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize when God says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So put that in context. That means the things that the mistakes I make when I'm interacting with others, when I'm interacting with myself, and when I am interacting with God, God says, let me take the burden of failure off your shoulders so that you can start again without that burden. Let me put that in context. 1 John 1, 9. First John 1, 9. 
if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And then the Bible says, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Many times when we make a mistake and we go to God and we ask for forgiveness, it's granted in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But many times we do not forgive ourselves and we do not forgive others. And then we make decisions to say, I will, based upon my not forgiving me and not forgiving others, I'm not going to do that again. There, there are certain phrases that you will hear that, well, I'll never trust this kind of person again. I will never do this again. You are carrying a burden you cannot pay. So let's say you're, you're extremely hurt by a member of the opposite sex and you blanket the entire human race of that gender because of that one person, that every single person of that gender is evil. That's a debt you cannot pay. You can't make that happen. And so what does, what, does, what does Jesus say? He said, I'll take that burden off you. That means if you make a mistake and you come back to me, I'll do two things. Not only will I forgive you, that means I will put you right again with God, but I will also cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That means I'll take the weight of what you are carrying so you can continue and the Bible says, in the very same way, you do this for others. And what I want you to keep in mind is this. Think about it. Let, when you're, I, I had a conversation this evening. I'm coming to a close. I, have, I had a conversation this evening. And it was a very, it was a lovely conversation. I was having a conversation with a six-year-old lovely young man and so i asked him what's your name he told me he said what's my name and so i told him his father was gave him all the dagger eyes that what do you mean this is you know this is pastor badger i said no no my name's badger so oh, my name's this and this he said oh. then he said how old are you and i said guess he, he then said 70 <laughs> i smiled no, I could have got very upset. <laughs> I could have said, really, 70? And I said, well, no, no, a little bit lower. What did I give him? I gave him the confidence to continue the conversation because he meant no harm. Ladies and gentlemen, when you come back, and then he guessed again, says 65. Then he said 60. Then he said, okay, maybe you're not. Okay, 45. I could have said, yeah, 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 you're right. I said, no, no, you're almost there. Go up a bit now. And we finally got to my age and my next birthday, which is 55. And, he, and the kid beamed. What did I do? I gave him the confidence to keep going because the mistake was not critical. Ladies and gentlemen, when God says, for, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, he's saying, give your mistakes to me. Because what is critical is what I have called you for. Keep going. The very same way you encourage a child, the very same way you may eat a meal cooked by a child, who doesn't really know how to cook, and you're going to say it's wonderful. Why? You want to encourage them to keep going. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus said, I've paid the price of your sin. When you make a mistake, come back to me and I will square it. But then he says, I will also take off your shoulders the burden of you making that mistake. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call transformation. That's the next step in prayer, which is where God was going. God wants you to interact with him so you can become like him. So your interaction with God is not so much to get your needs met. It is God ensuring that through your interaction with me, 
you become like me or you become more like the real you that I have created. And that is the purpose of prayer. It's how this is what happens when we have conversations with our children. This is what happens when you have conversations with people that you train. What are you doing? You are bringing the best out of them so that they can go on and become themselves. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the purpose of your interaction with God. It's one of them, one of the key purposes. So let's keep that in mind. So Jesus said, forgive us our sins, we forgive others. That means we give others the freedom to continue to relate to us the same way God gives us the freedom to continue to relate to him. As, are, are we together on that one? So please keep that in mind. Because remember, Jesus started the prayer with our father. That means your sins are forgiven and you are in a relationship with God. Please keep that in mind. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So when you've forgiven a person, so that's that's really key. So let's go on. I've, I've got to get. I'm going to get to. You. I've got one or two questions, and I'll I'll come to them at the end. The next thing that God says that Jesus said in the place of praise is verse thirteen. Matthew 6, verse 13, the Bible says, and lead us not into temptation. What is God's desire? So when we've come to him and he has fixed the mistake, what does he do? He says, let me tell you what to do next so you will be successful. That means direction is key so now what is god doing he's he's your needs are met now he's working on transformation personality and character so he says okay you made a mistake okay that's fine we're gonna fix it but then he says jesus said and lead us not into temptation meaning let me show you how to do it right let me show you what the next step is let me set you on the path to the next phase of your life direction is God's desire. Why? Because when you are following God's direction, all that God has planned for you will come to you. Okay? All that God has for you will come to you. So please keep that in mind. So direction is really key. And I'm going to come to that in a moment. So that's the next thing that Jesus says. I'm, I'm I'm definitely going to finish it in an hour. I'm going to make sure I do. There are a couple of questions and I will come to them in a moment if we have time. Um, so direction and guidance. Please put this scripture in your heart. Let me get a message to everybody. Romans 8.14. Please keep it in mind. Jesus said... They that are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. That's way beyond your needs being met. It means you will be able to represent the Lord wherever you find yourself. Last part. As we get to, we've got two more things. Last part. Matthew 6, verse 13, Jesus says, the last part of your prayers is this. The Bible says, but deliver us from evil. Ladies and gentlemen, that means it is God has taken the burden upon himself to ensure that you are safe from anything that wants to stop you being, doing, or becoming what he has in store for you. So the person who delivers is God. That's why Jesus said, when you come into the place of prayer, go back to your father first, because he, through his direction, will deliver you from evil so even if they manage to set a trap for you even if you find yourself in a real challenge the bible says once god gives you direction and it may not make sense 
but he will deliver you from what Satan has planned. The last thing about it is this. And so the last thing that Jesus says about the prayer is this. He says, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please keep this in mind. The most important person in the place of prayer is God, not you or I. Because when he is holding your hand, there is nothing that can stop you. And the Bible says it in Romans chapter 8. We are about a minute over. I'll just say this. Romans 8. And we will look at Romans 8. Verse 31. Romans 8, 31. The Bible says the following. If God be for us, verse 31, what shall we say of these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Let, let me end here. The picture when it says, if God be for you, is a picture of a gladiator's environment. And if you, or a picture of a pitch battle, you would then be able to nominate a champion to fight on your behalf. And the Bible says, if God is your champion, who can be against you? That means in any situation, whatever they bring with all the noise, the Bible says, if God is the one who's coming in to fight on your behalf, then it is a foregone conclusion that you will win. And ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to understand is this. Please keep this in mind. God is your champion and so the most important person in the place of prayer is god not us and so ladies and gentlemen i'm going to end here a couple of minutes over we've got a couple of questions on forgiveness and it's very interesting when you think about forgiveness jesus says in verses 14 and 15 if you do not forgive men their trespasses your heavenly father will not forgive you and the bible says but if you that if you do forgive men their trespasses your heavenly father will forgive you please keep this in mind unforgiveness is a sin isaiah 59 verses 1 to 2 says the following and it's not that god's arm is shortened or God's ear is closed but your sins will separate you from God so if you choose to hold unforgiveness in your heart it is you are then unable to access the forgiveness that is in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ why because he said your sins will separate you from the God you serve. And I want you to keep that in mind. And so Jesus says, make sure, work on it. He wanted to make an, he put emphasis on it, that unforgiveness is not an action you can afford because it does what exactly sin does. It separates you. It stops the process of communication. And notice, look at all the things that prayer makes available to you holding somebody in bitterness or anger are not they are not worth it because notice where does prayer start with your father and so ladies and gentlemen hopefully that helps that clears up the issue of unforgiveness what supercharges your prayer life fasting
And that's what we're going to cover next week. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for giving me an extra four or five minutes. May God's kindness, may God's goodness, but most of all, may God transform your prayer life from this moment forward so that when they see you, they see God. And may God be somebody's champion tonight. May God keep you and may God bless you. May God heal you and may God strengthen you. May God's goodness surround you with everything that he has provided for you. Ladies and gentlemen, and if you're listening by podcast, have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. And then we go into the fast. It should be fun. We wish you the very, very best. May God bless you. Have a wonderful time. 